Hello and a warm welcome. I am Armin Trost, Professor for Organizational Behavior at the Furtwangen University in Germany and this is my course on Social Research Methods. So welcome everybody. Today we're going to talk about surveys, questionnaires, interviews and all the like. So basically this is about asking questions. This is what we very often do in social research. And what I would like to share with you in this episode and probably in the next one, I guess this will be more than one part, is about the technique how to create a survey how to create a questionnaire, how to create a structure for an interview. And, and here's the thing. Most students, or maybe I could say most people, think that they are all capable of creating a questionnaire. I mean, everybody can do this, right? You, you, you want to ask a question, so ask it. I mean, that's, that's it's something that we do all the time. We ask people things, so should not be such a problem. Well, it is. It is. And really, I mean, everybody who lives in this society is encouraged to, to, to respond to many questionnaires. I mean, you can fill in a questionnaire every day. And uh, when I look at questionnaires, I, I don't want to sound too arrogant here, but I would say that most questionnaires are Let's put it that way. They are not good. <laughs> they are not good. They are... No. Quality is not good. Um, and creating a questionnaire, a good questionnaire, is art. That's very, very, very difficult. And that's why I, I would like to share with you how you create a questionnaire. Maybe you, you want to do something like this. You want to ask people things as part of your thesis, as part of your research project. So better be careful. It's not easy to create a good questionnaire. So first, let's start by looking at what do we mean with asking questions in a, in a uh, social research context? Because there are, in this case, many different ways you might go, different formats, different settings, uh, and the like. And, uh, I briefly would like to go through this, also that you hear the relevant um, terminologies, the right, the right terms that go along with these different formats, but also to see the, the broad spectrum of things you, you, you could do as part of asking questions in social research. So one differentiation, of course, which is very important, is whether you do an oral interview or whether you do a kind of self-administered questionnaire. What's the difference? I mean, you know these two things. Oral interview is that when you are the researcher, you, you talk to your subject. You, you really ask a question. Uh, um, what do you think about... Bup, bup, bup? Yeah. So, Do you think that the economy will go up or go down? So you ask this question. In, in, a, in an interpersonal set, setting, could be... A visible setting could be a real setting, could also be on the phone maybe. Um, I do not, I do, I'm not really sure how we name it. If the if a bot, maybe a robot, does the interview, but let's let's leave this one out. Let's assume you really talk to a person in real time. Okay, it's a synchronous conversation. 
on a phone or personally? The opposite is a self-administered questionnaire, and I don't want to differentiate whether this is on paper and pencil um, so or, or whether you do it online. I guess most questionnaires in the meantime are run online, so you, you get a link or something like this, um, and then you click on the link, and then you, you, you are asked to, to respond to certain questions. That's a questionnaire. I mean, you, you all know what that is. When it comes to asking questions, there is another differentiation which is key. Uh, one is, do you ask in a more qualitative way or in a more quantitative way? And that uh, relates pretty much to the responses you respect, uh, uh, expect. So, you know, sometimes you are asked something like, what are the things that make you happy? Let's have these stupid questions. And what makes you happy? Or in an organizational setting, you might ask the people, do you, why do you like to work in this particular company? Um, or when it comes to training evaluation, there might be the question of, uh, in the future, what could be done better with regards to this cause? Right. Um, you might ask... Um, teenagers in a questionnaire write down in a few sentences how you think about your future. So there is an open text field and people just write things. And that's a qualitative information you collect. Qualitative. Versus quantitative is something that you instantly, directly can translate into numbers. For instance, when you are asked something like um, Something like, um, do you think positive about the future? Yes, mainly yes, partly, partly, mainly no, no. Uh, you have five options to choose from, which are on a, on a scale from yes to no, right? So, so and you, you as, a, as a respondent, you have to pick out one. And, and now you can translate this response into a clear number saying, okay, yes is, let's say, is one and no is five, and everything in between. And then you can calculate something like an average. It's really quantitative. You, you get uh, numbers, real numbers. Okay. Uh, sometimes you, do, you ask questions in, in groups. You could do this. Uh, it's a very interesting. Um, for instance, when you, when you do some research in an organizational setting and you ask a group of people about leadership, or you talk about organizational culture. Um, please describe leadership. What is good about leadership in this group or in this organization? What is not so good about leadership? Why do you like to work here? Why don't you like to work here? Uh, how do you see the future of this organization? You know, you can ask this question and then you have this kind of group dynamic. And your role as an interviewer is also to facilitate that session, saying, okay, what do you say, John? What do you say, Susan? So, so you, you encourage individual people. And the people that say something can also hear the responses of the others. It's a very interesting uh, uh, situation, also from, a, from a, a, a perspective of group dynamic. Because is it that you, you gain some consensus? Is it that you have a leader in the group who proposes her uh, a first opinion and then the others follow? It's a very interesting uh, setting and sometimes very hard to be controlled by the interviewer. Okay, So 
be, better be careful. But the thing is with group interviews is that um, the people can inspire each other. And, and so one says something. I like to work in this organization because um, we have uh, a good team climate. And then somebody else in the, in, the, in the setting hears this and says, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah now, now, when you say it, uh, it's true. And I would like to add something to this. And this person would have never said this point without having heard this, this point of, of, of a previous uh, colleague. Okay? So there is this kind of dynamic of uh, inspiring each other. Sometimes people um, put things in a more precise word or add some more information or sometimes people contradict. That also could happen. It's very interesting to have this kind of group session. It's, it's very often rich, richer maybe. Um, the other situation is an individual situation and that's, I think, in most researchers we do individual interviews. We ask individual people, one single person. Okay, Very often... Um, when you ask questions in an interview, for instance, or when you ask questions uh, as part of a self-administered uh, questionnaire, the questions and, and that's more important, uh, primarily the answers are very structured. Meaning, uh, the, the respondent is really guided through certain questions and answers. There are clear questions and there are clear answers, which you, uh, options for answers. So, meaning structured means that there is a clear guide, a clear roadmap. Um, so, while the, op the opposite way you might go is to have an unstructured, or we name it sometimes an open interview. That's also very interesting. Uh, unstructured sounds a little bit unprofessional in the first place. Also, I mean, when you, when you do an interview and in the end you ask your respondent for feedback, so did you like this interview? And you get the feedback, yeah, it was, was good, but I found it kind of unstructured. Uh, then you don't take it as a compliment, probably. You rather think, oh, yeah, unstructured. Yeah, some interviews have to be unstructured, um, iterative, dynamic, because what you want to do is you want to ask in a very adaptive way. Again, another term, iterative, dynamic, adaptive. Adaptive. What does that mean? It means that the questions that you ask depend on the answers that you previously got or have received. So, I give you an example also from my career. Uh, I, I, I worked a lot in the area of employer branding. Employer branding is about positioning a company as an attractive employer in the labor market. So it's, it's marketing, right? It's, it's marketing about companies. You want to sell the employer, telling the people, the graduates or whomever, look, this is a great company. You should better work here. So you do something like this. And when you do this, you have to talk to the people first. You have to understand what is, what is great about this company. And to find this out, you talk to them. And you might ask, and that's a very simple approach that I very often use, is I start with a question. Do you like to work here? And then people very often say, uh, yes. <laughs> and, and okay, good, fine, nice. Uh, why? And that's, the next, that's already the next question. That's, that's still very structured because I knew in advance that I will 
ask this question. And I will ask the question, why do you like to work here? So, and then they say, oh, because development opportunities, because good teamwork, because you can be creative, you know, they, they mention all these things. So I, I, you write this down and then you say, okay, you said you can be creative. Now let's talk about this. What does that mean? Tell me. Can you give me an example? What was the last time when you were creative? Um, how was that? Uh, were you creative yesterday? How creative were you? Why, did you? why were you creative? Why do you like it being creative? So you, 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 you have some questions in your pocket that you pull just to, to get a deeper understanding about whatever the people mention in the first place. And, and really, when you do interviews like this, you will not know what you will talk about after 10 minutes because you, you, you first wait for the responses of the people. And I, um, I like this. Whenever it comes to clear understanding of things, then you like this. And this is very often qualitative, of course. So what you take home are not numbers. What you take home are millions of impressions, millions of, of sentences, quotes, and, and, and all these things. So it's also difficult for the, for the analysis later on. But for a psychologist to understand things, that's a, that's a reasonable approach, I would say. Structured, as I said, is the opposite clear guidance. So when you do an interview online and you have no control over, over the respondent, uh, you, you probably have a very structured interview. Right. Uh, questionnaire, very often. Okay, so oral versus self-administered questionnaire. Qualitative versus quantitative. Crew-based, individual. Unstructured, structured. Okay, so it's also good when you, when you write a report or something like this or when you write a, a study uh, or you write the article and you refer to, your, to your, the method being used. It's always good to have, to have these terminologies in place. Uh, not to say uh, 100 people were asked, or, but to say 100 people were asked in a structured, quantitative self-administered questionnaire, uh, with a questionnaire, of course. Right. So use the term, it's, 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 it's good to do that. So that's the beginning. Now I would like to walk with you through uh, a roadmap. Uh, it's a kind of, how should I say, uh, a guide how you create a questionnaire. Okay, And this is really essential. I, I mentioned it earlier. It's, it's, uh, most people think they can create a questionnaire and I believe no, you, they can't. Uh, because, you know, how, 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 do man, how, how do many people do a questionnaire? They, they start any kind of uh, editing program um, and then they think, okay, let's have a questionnaire. Hmm. And what will we ask? <laughs> Let's write down questions. And then you start to write a question. Hmm. Okay, first question. What is your gender? Okay, what is your age? Because you always ask this, which is ridiculous. I come to this point later. Um, then the question, hmm, okay, uh, what should we ask now? And then you write down the questions. And uh, that's wrong. That's wrong. It's not, not the way. It's like if you build a house, 
and you just go to the to the to the green field. Say, okay, let's build a house. Okay, where do we have the door? Here. Okay, let's build the door first, <laughs> and then let's have some bricks and build some walls. No, don't do this. You better have a plan. You better have a structure. And this is a, a stepwise approach, which is not easy. So, the first thing, what you always do when creating a survey is you really write down in words as precise as possible what your interview, your questionnaire is all about. Important. Really. What is the survey all about? And that also includes what the survey is not all about. What's in, what's out. And I mean, here we talk about the scope or we talk about the theoretical concept. Now let's be more precise. You want to do, a, you want to create a questionnaire about that, that is supposed to measure something around leadership quality. Okay, let's, let's assume this. So, what will you ask? Yeah. It's difficult to say in this moment. The first thing is you have to be clear about what do you mean by leadership quality? I mean, this is the scope, or that's, that might even be a theoretical concept. What do you mean with that? You want to do a survey about the, the quality of a, a seminar or any kind of training activity? What do you mean by that? What do you mean by seminar? What is that? Uh, when, we do, when you have this kind of, here also in the university, a kind of evaluation about, about a lecture, uh, um, what do you mean by the lecture? Is that, is that time when we are all together in this classroom or, or, or what, is, what is that? What is that? You might say, it's clear what that is. No, very often it's not. And then you create a questionnaire about leadership quality and then you, you find out this is not about leadership. That's about management. Oh, is there a difference? Yes. Uh, this questionnaire is not about leadership. This is about organization. Isn't that the same? No, 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 it's not. And I, I don't want to go too deep into this now. You, wanna, you, wanna, you want to create a questionnaire uh, that is supposed to measure the quality of collaboration in a team. What do you mean by the team? What do you mean by collaboration? What is that? So the first question always is, What do you want to measure overall with that particular questionnaire? It could be that in one single questionnaire you want to, you want to collect information about multiple concepts, uh, multiple things that could be, but then look at the multiple things uh, um, separately, split it up and, 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 and focus on one at a time. Okay? So that's, that's the first thing. What is your survey all about? Okay. Now, 
The next thing you do is you take a piece of paper or when you do it in a group, you open up a, a, a long Excel sheet or whatever. You open up a, a interactive tool or a flip chart or a pin board or whatever, whatever you want. You say, okay, now we want to create a questionnaire for lead that is supposed to measure leadership quality. So let's collect at least five, seven, 12 indicators that reflect leadership quality. What are the things that somehow relate to that? Or when you are a group of professors whose task is to create a questionnaire that is good for evaluating lectures. After you have been clear, what is a lecture? <laughs> you, you write down, okay, what are the indicators for good lectures? What are the criteria? What are the five things that make up a good lecture? It's not probably not only one, but, but you, you have five, seven, 12, 20 different things where you say, okay, if all these things apply, then a lecture is a good lecture. You want to create a survey that is supposed to, to measure somehow the quality of collaboration in a team. That's a nice one. Could you, could you say what are the seven things that make up good collaboration in a team? What, what are these things? It's a, it's, by the way, that's a very interesting question. It's a very interesting question. And the answers do not fall from the sky. You might be good in group dynamics to understand what are the seven criteria for good collaboration in a team. It's not so easy. So, so you write these things down. And, um, okay, and then you wrestle because that's, a, that's already a very puzzling, that's a very difficult job you do here. Okay, I mean, you can discuss uh, your entire life about what are the seven criteria for having a good lecture. That, by the way, also uh, requires a lot of understanding with regards to learning, teaching, uh, maybe the nature of the human mind, um, how people learn, what are good settings for learning. Yeah, that's, that's difficult. Okay, but then you have your seven things. And what I really recommend is to have a table. Have a table ready. Wherever you do it, on a pinboard, on a Word file, a text file, or Excel, or whatever, write down the seven things. Okay? The seven things. And once you have set those seven things straight, now you can start writing the questions. And not before. No, you don't. You really don't. No. First, first be clear about what you want to know. Then you write the questions. And along with the questions, you also indicate how the people then are supposed to respond. Do you have um, some kind of ranking? Do you have an open text field? Do you do they have the people in, in, in put, uh, uh, um, write a number or write some text or whatever? You can, you can, that always goes along with the question. You not only write the question, but all the, uh, the, 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 the potential answers. Uh, the options, but that's, I think that's, that's, that's clear anyway. Okay. But 
That's the critical part, really, to write down the question once you know what you want to know. I mean, it's serious. I hope you feel it. <laughs> uh, you know, since I'm, I'm, I'm teaching social research methods, I'm asked very, very often by students, almost every week by students who send me a questionnaire so I get an email or something like this, a message. And there is an attachment, and the attachment is a prepared questionnaire. And the students ask me, hey, professor, we have created this questionnaire. We wanted to ask you for feedback. <laughs> Guess how I will respond in this particular case? My response will always be, how can I tell? How can I tell whether your questionnaire is a good questionnaire? How can I tell? As long as I do not know what you want to know. Once, you, once I know what you want to know and then I see the questions, I could, I could think about are these questions appropriate or not. But without knowing what you want to know, how could I tell whether your question is good or not? How, really? Really? It's, it's, it's like, you know, it's like asking, look, I have a tool, I bought a tool, is that a good tool? I don't know. It depends on what you want to do. You have a hammer, that's cool, yeah? But whether the hammer is good, I mean, uh, is, it, is it beneficial? It depends on what you want to do. And that's the same with questions. Okay, so I stop here. I, I, hope, I hope you got it. So that's the first thing. Um, and then, once you have created your questions, the next thing you do is, uh, is run a pretest. It's so incredibly essential. There was um, uh, uh, one of the famous, um, I forgot his name, Bradburn, Bradburn, Professor Bradburn. He, he brought up this wonderful quote saying, if you do not have the resources to run a pretest, don't do the study. Don't. So that's my next response. Whenever somebody asks me, Professor, is that a good questionnaire? I always ask, Have you done a pretest? Have you done a pretest? And then very often they say, No. And then it's not a good questionnaire. If you have not tested your questionnaire, then it, it, the probability is so incredibly high that your questionnaire is not a good questionnaire. The people will not understand your questions. They won't. Really not, they won't. You know? Okay, there are some questions. Maybe when you are asked, how old are you? Okay, you will get this question. But, but, but this is a... The, the, most questions that we used to ask in social research, but also in, in organizational practice or marketing, are not of this kind. You want to ask different things. So, but very often people do not understand the question. There's a nice study that, that was uh, uh, reported um, uh, also by, by Bradburn and Schwartz. Yeah? Uh, it is pretty old. And uh, Sutman, Bradburn and Schwartz. So what did they do? They took a, a questionnaire that was developed by the World Health Organization, and you know this organization. Uh, and this World Health Organization, they have prepared a questionnaire about uh, human well-being. So you can, you, can, um, you can respond to this questionnaire, and this questionnaire includes 
different criterias around well-being, health, right? And there is a question, and I just paraphrase. I, I don't have the original uh, question here available, but that does not matter. There's a question that goes a little bit like this. In the last four weeks, have you suffered from pain in your abdomen? Abdomen. Huh? Clear? Abdomen. I mean, everybody knows what that is, right? No! So the researchers, they, they, they used a picture of a human body. Uh, it's, it's, it's a corso, basically, and have uh, shown these different segments on this corso. And this picture with the corso and these different segments uh, um, uh, was shown to people, and people were asked, cross all sections that, in your eyes, belong to what we name abdomen. Interesting, huh? And then the outcome was, was quite amazing. First, there is no common understanding about what abdomen means. It's not. Different people have a different understanding about what that means. So we clearly cannot say that people know what abdomen is. No. Some say it's, it's more like this, this part. Some say, no, it's this part. Mm. Where does abdomen start? Where does it end? Huh? Does you know this? Nobody knows this. So, so when you have this question, have you ever, in the last four weeks, have you had pain in your abdomen? <clears throat> what is that? Yeah, pain, abdomen, 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 no, no, yes, yes, no, no, yes. <laughs> can hardly say, you can really hardly say. So they proposed to better have in a questionnaire a picture of a human body where a specific area is marked. And then you ask the people, in the last four weeks, whatever that means, <laughs> the last four weeks, when does this start? Okay, different topic. Did, have you ever, have you had pain in that area? However you name it, abdomen or whatever. That's a better way of doing it. Right. Okay. In... In one, of, in one of our earlier versions in my university, we had a, also a questionnaire that was supposed to, to measure the quality of our lectures. So I also had to hand it out this questionnaire to the students. And in that particular questionnaire, there was a question that, that sounded a little bit like this. Does the learning environment support the achievement of your learning objectives? Yes, no. Does the learning environment support the achievement of your learning objectives? What is learning objectives? What is the learning environment? Do you know this? So, no. You better ask the people. And this is what, what I mean with the pretest. You have to test a question first. So how does that work? You, you ask people to paraphrase, for instance. So you show them exactly this question. Say, look, here's the question. Does the learning environment support the achievement of your learning objectives? Please, find another word for learning environment. Paraphrase it. Or 
Can you, can you repeat this question in your own words? This is paraphrasing. And once people uh, repeat a question in their own uh, words, you will see how they understand it. And I tell you one thing. You will be incredibly surprised how people understand questions. The learning environment. Oh my God. Can you, can you, can you say what that is in, in your own words? You can also ask people directly, what does that mean? That's also a way of pre-testing questions. So here's the question. What is this question all about? Please tell me. Yeah? Anchoring means what, what, what needs to be, and please be specific, so that you respond this question with a clear yes or a no. You also can ask people, Hey, look, here's a question. Can you please respond to this question? I give you time, so don't hurry. Just answer the question and please think loud. What comes to your mind? Just share it. Yeah? Think loud. Psychologists like this method, thinking loud. That gives us a little bit of a hint about the cognition of, of, uh, of a respondent. Or uh, you ask as a, a person, give, give examples. Yeah? Uh, give examples of things, of situation, of experience that, that somehow relate to what this question is all about. So you are asked, okay, uh, we talk about learning environment. Yeah? Does the learning environment support the achievement of your learning objectives? Um, please give examples of things that somehow relate to that question. What are you supposed to think of when answering this question? So it's paraphrasing, it's interpreting, it's anchoring, it's thinking loud, and it's giving examples. These are five techniques for pretests. You really have to do it. Really, really, really. If you don't do a pretest, don't do the study. You will be amazed. And you know, let me add one thing here, because uh, from a practical experience, um, when you run a survey, you very often are in a hurry because you want to have the results. Maybe you are a consultant, yeah? or a team of consultants, and you have to do a, a little bit of research, a study for your client. Of course, as I know, the client wants to receive the results tomorrow. So you have to create the questionnaire overnight. That's very often the case. I tell you, don't do it. It, I tell you, I promise you, what, what you will produce with your questionnaire is, is, is rubbish. Rubbish. But I know, you have to deliver on short notice. Hurry. Yes. Of course. Okay. You will not do a good job. No. You won't. That's, but that's very often the reality. And then as a consultant, you go to the client and say, yeah, we have created a questionnaire, but the first thing is we have to do a pretest. They will laugh at you. Say, no, we don't want to, we don't want to see the data as soon as possible. I said, okay, good. I know this is the problem. And very often your researchers are not so motivated to do a pretest. Yeah? Why should I test it? That's a good questionnaire. I know it. It feels good, the questionnaire. No. So once you, once you have done your pretest, you will change the questionnaire, definitely. Uh, definitely. Uh, so you do a pretest again. You don't need many people, by the way. Uh, do the pretest with a few people and you will learn 90% of the things that you need to, achieve, uh, uh, to, 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 uh, to improve. So, and then you run your questionnaire. 
you, you walk into operation, so to speak. You use the questionnaire about leadership quality, about training uh, quality, about uh, what did we have, all the nice things, right? And, and you collect data, and then you can do what we have talked about uh, last time, when it was about, was it last time? I think it was last time when it was about testing, right? You calculate the Kronbass Alpha, you calculate the item total correlation. Yeah, I mentioned that one just to figure out which item still belong to the questionnaire, which not, which items, which questions in this case uh, really fit to the overall context, uh, the overall content of the, of the, of the questionnaire. So this is what you do. You calculate the item total correlation. If you want to act in a professional manner, and that's why we are here, you do it exactly this way. Full stop. Okay? Yeah. This is how you do it. <laughs> so, in the next episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the psychology behind questionnaires, how people respond. And that, that again, will give you some, some good insights about why it's so important to be very careful when creating questionnaires, but also interview uh, guides and, and, and all the like. Okay, so see you then.